With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Volume. It's the Colin Coward Podcast presented by FanDuel. It's NFL playoff time. No better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. FanDuel app is safe. You get paid fast. A lot of ways to play. The spread, the money line, team totals, players, props. A lot of stuff. Over-unders. Jump into the action. Same game parlays are my favorite. Just use the promo code Colin and download the FanDuel app today. FanDuel now live in Ohio. This is Prime Cuts, the best of the Colin Coward podcast. Great, great stuff this week. Matt Mosley, really fantastic, giving us insight behind the rope on Mike McCarthy, that big win over the Bucks. plus the best parts of my conversation with my buddy, John Middlecoff, former NFL scout, three and out podcast on the win by the Niners, Chad Millman as well. Our divisional round bets. But first, my top takes of the week. So I thought this was interesting. In my career, I've tried to never back management into a corner. But there have been, as I have gained popularity, concessions companies have been willing to make if I want certain time off or a certain number of people on a staff. And the more popular I've become, Generally, in any business, the more leverage you have. And, you know, companies will give me certain things. I don't ask for a ton. I'm not real high maintenance on this stuff. And it's understood in a lot of entertainment businesses. And let's be honest, I'm not analogous to Tom Cruise, but when Top Gun makes a billion four, there's concessions made. LeBron James, Tom Brady, there are concessions made. But in order to get those in any industry, You've got to deliver on the other end. This is what's interesting. So Aaron Rodgers wants concessions by the Green Bay Packers. He listed five offensive players, only one is elite, that he wants the Packers to bring back if he'll return. Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Mercedes Lewis, Robert Tanya in the tight end are not dynamic players. They're unrestricted free agents. So the Packers will have to pay more than they're worth to retain them. So the takeaway is, well, you get Aaron Rodgers. So I went back with my staff and I said, Let, what is the payoff for Aaron? Let's go to Aaron Rodgers' last 10, what we would call big games. And we tried to, as a staff, be very fair. He had five this year. The play-in game with the Lions, Christmas Day at Miami, that Philadelphia game that was a standalone game, Cowboy game at Lambeau, and I think it was a Sunday night game against the Buffalo Bills. Those were the five big games. Now, he also lost to the Vikings in the opener. You could say the season opener is a big game, but I don't really count that as a big game. That would benefit my argument, but I didn't do that. So in those games, he had two wins and three losses. Then we went the previous year, and we counted the big games as the Niner game that he won during the regular season and played very well. The division round Niners game he lost. And there was a Rams game week 12 that was, you know, billed as the big game on TV for Fox that he eventually won. We went to the previous year and the two games that felt big were the NFC championship and that game against Brady down in Tampa. It was the first time they'd met Brady as a buck. And so we went and we billed those as the 10 biggest games. Eight regular season, two playoff games, and the, the play-in game for Detroit, we think, classifies. So Aaron wants all sorts of concessions. He wants five, four of which are mediocre, offensive players to return. So what am I getting for that? Tom Cruise concessions, Top Gun makes $1.4 billion. LeBron for years concessions, you end up in the finals. Miami made a lot of concessions, got to the finals four straight years. So Aaron wants these concessions. Let's go to his last three years, what we classify as the 10 big games, and here's what you get. He's four and six, 16 touchdowns, seven picks, averages 230 yards. Those are Matt Ryan numbers. 
Those aren't close to Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Herbert. They're not close. They're not close to the last five good games for Trevor Lawrence. Aaron wants these concessions. He's not delivering championship-level football. One of the reasons he's not as committed in the offseason, other reasons he's not willing to play with new teammates, work out with them in the offseason. But we thought this was incredibly fair. We went back as a staff and picked the 10 big games. I'm talking not one o'clock windows mostly. We're talking against Brady, Niners, playoffs, Christmas Miami. By the way, trailed big in that until Tua started throwing the picks. Tua who had a concussion late in the first half. So if you're going to ask for concessions, you got to deliver ratings, box office, finals appearances. Aaron no longer is. Four and six last 10 games, 16 TDs, seven picks, 230 yards a game. That's not close to the top six quarterbacks in this league. So I saw where the Chargers decided to keep Brandon Staley and instead fire their offensive coordinator and their passing game coordinator. I rolled my eyes at it because seven of the eight remaining head coaches in the NFL playoffs, seven of eight, are offensive coaches. Last year, all seven NFC teams that made the playoffs had offensive coaches. Folks, it's not an offensive coordinator issue for the Chargers. It's a defensive head coach issue. If you go look at the Chargers' first and second half splits, they were a terrible second half team, offensively and defensively. What does that tell you? It tells you they have a young coach who is struggling once off the script, game time decisions, situational play calling. They're a bad second half offense. How? They have Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, above average offensive line. I went and looked at the second half offensive numbers for the Chargers. They're bottom six in the league. The other five teams surrounding them are all anemic at quarterback. Justin Herbert is the only top 10 quarterback in the league that is in the bottom of second half offensive statistics. That's not your offensive coordinator. That's your coach. The only defensive coach left in the playoffs is Sean McDermott. He can't figure out the Bills O-line for five years. Their run game is not substantial outside of Josh Allen. And Allen has regressed as a quarterback since Brian Dayball left. It's a defensive organization and culture. I mean, the Chargers, sometimes you have to take a deep breath and look at how a business landscape is changing. Football now is rewarding offensive head coaches and offensive cultures. Look at the Patriots. Bill Belichick feels out of touch. Bears, defensive coach, last place. Washington, defensive coach, last place. Jets, defensive coach, last place. Houston, defensive coach, last place. <sighs> Chargers. You made a mistake. You could have hired Brian Dable. You hired Brandon Staley. And my sources tell me at times he can be a know-it-all. At times he can be stubborn. They basically gave him an ultimatum. Make coaching changes or you're out. He made coaching changes. But I don't think in the end it will change anything. Bet the NFL playoffs with FanDuel, where every play is a rush. This weekend, FanDuel's giving all customers a no-sweat same-game parlay during the divisional round. Doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account. You'll get free bets back if your NFL same-game parlay doesn't hit. Same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets, two or three or four, for a chance at a bigger payday. You build your own or choose from one of the popular SGPs pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. However you want to play, bet the NFL with a no-sweat same-game parlay. Just sign up, promo code Colin. If you don't already have an account, that's promo code Colin, to get free bets back if your same-game parlay doesn't hit. Make every moment more with FanDuel, 
an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, and Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-877-HOP P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. All right. I bring in my longtime friend, Matt Mosley, co-host of the Doomsday Podcast with Ed Werder. How is Ed? I haven't seen Ed in some time. How is the old gent doing? Doing fine. Doing fine. Put in a full day of work on that playoff game and Certainly let me know about that, but uh, was, was out there for about 12 hours, so the man loves to get to a game early, yeah. stay late, and uh, he was shutting it down with the Doomsday Podcast from the, from the uh, stadium there with the, with the ship, with the pirate ship in it last night at about 1 or 2 in the morning. He was podcasting, so he's, uh, he's still getting after it. So, um, the bad news, let's just get that out of the way is the Niners were done Saturday afternoon. The Cowboys have almost a two-and-a-half-day preparation debit going into this game. I bet they're not happy about it. No, and I don't think it'll happen again. I do think the league will address it. But everybody, including people who are not with us anymore, Lamar Hunt being one of them, are looking down and laughing at the Cowboys over this because he fought for years thinking they had a Thanksgiving, you know, the whole Thanksgiving and how that went and how they got to be home every game on Thanksgiving. That was a huge deal over the years. So some people think the Cowboys have been getting favors from the league for many, many years. So if one team needs to, or franchise needs to suffer this fate, it should be the Dallas Cowboys. But I think in the future, you won't see a team finish up more than 48 hours before another team who's then coming to their place. Um, I think the league will find a way not to have that happen again. And it, I think it is somewhat of a factor. Yeah. And it provides it provides a uh, built-in excuse if the Cowboys lose to the great Brock Purdy. Um, one of the things about Dallas, um, you know, I said this today in defense of Mike McCarthy. This is a top five offense in the league. Rebuilding the O-line, still don't have a clear number two. Tyron Smith out for most of the year. Dalton Schultz missed two games and really wasn't good until post-Thanksgiving. All that said, Aaron Rodgers, red zone, poor. Aaron Rodgers, offense, poor. That divorce, the more and more you look at it. Mike went 4-1 and one with Cooper F and Rush that... It's easy because Aaron's on every commercial. He's a star quarterback. He's an MVP to weigh in on that breakup and favor Aaron. But I look at this season for Mike. They're playing their best football now. Dalton Schultz is now a real factor. I didn't think he was eight weeks ago. Do you think, has there been anything that you, Matt, have changed your opinion on regarding McCarthy this year, where you may have been a tad cynical and you've come to appreciate him. Yeah, I think I was more than a tad cynical, Colin. You're being kind to me to say just a tad cynical. Uh, I, I, I don't know uh, if, if really I ever had the full respect that I do now, and you mentioned it. The Cooper Rush aspect of this weighs heavy on Jerry. And it weighs on everybody. And, and, and a lot of lately, people have tried to figure out, okay, what was going on with Dak? I mean, what happened last night with the way Dak played was the enormous story coming out of this game. And I do think Mike McCarthy, one thing he did, and I think he did a pretty good job with Aaron of this, boy, he takes care of his quarterbacks and he takes care of the relationship. And early on, when Dak had some injuries and was coming back from some things, there's some stories about 
Mike McCarthy going over to his house and spending hours upon hours with him. So he certainly, you know, it is funny, Sean Payton, a guy you like a lot, and I, I've known pretty, known pretty well over the years, he's a sexier choice. I mean, is he a better coach? Sure, sure. He is uh, just because he's a brighter, more innovative offensive mind. But McCarthy has sort of a way with these players, and I don't know if we ever fully give him credit for that, but I thought you saw it with the Cooper Rush thing because – on this very podcast, when they opened with that awful loss, a Dak injury, he was already playing poorly before the injury. Yeah. It looked like there was no hope for this team. So who else do you give a credit for? I mean, you got to give some to Cooper Rush, maybe to Kellen Moore for maybe the way he called some of these games. But Mike sort of presided over yep. all of that. You know, and and I think that's a, I think the thing that's been tough for him over the years is you know not calling plays because a lot of these guys their whole identity yeah. is tied up in that, and it's why sometimes we don't even know with the Chiefs, right? They're, they're, it's like wait who wait who's calling plays? You know, is Andy is you know is, is the enemy? I mean, there's there's some debate because some of these head coaches have such a hard time giving that up. So there have been coaches for the Cowboys that have been told, okay, you're not doing it anymore. Jason Garrett had it taken away from him. McCarthy just said, you know what? This is what it requires of me to become the head coach there. I've got to give this up. And he's done a pretty good job with it. And he certainly, you can't accuse the guy of micromanaging like you can, you know, I mean, he's, he's got the laminated chart. He likes to fold it over, um, but he's not. Even like, think about that last night. We talk about how great Dak was. How did he start that game? Two, three and out series. Yep. yep. 0 for three. He looks shaky. Aikman's saying he looks jittery to him. It's not going well. And I, I think Mike McCarthy's just kind of like, he's a stay the course kind of guy. And, and I think that's, you know, for now, it seems like what the Cowboys need. You know, there's always been turbulence associated coaching the Cowboys that other coaches don't face. Your owner goes public every week. You have more national TV games. Those are often uh, game times are disrupted. A lot of Sunday night, Monday night. It's a very, you know, Jacksonville doesn't have to deal with that much. Dallas has to deal with it seven to eight times a year. That's why there's now a limit on how many times you can play in primetime. It's the Cowboy rule. So the Cowboys don't have to have a night game. I know when the Giants had Eli Manning and were pretty good for multiple stretches, I knew somebody inside the Giants. He's like, the organization hates these night games. We all get home at two. They're disruptive all week. So Mike hasn't done himself favors through the years. You know, he's just, you know, at the podium, he's pretty average. And I think, you know what? I think Mike deserves a little more respect. I guess that's my takeaway. Yeah, I think I think you're on to something. And where he'll ultimately get it is if he wins this game. Oh, my. Ne next Sunday, um, you know. I hear people say, and I even heard Troy say something to the effect of, you know, Dallas is only measured on Super Bowls. Well, yeah, because, of course, Troy won three of those things. It's been so long. And you and I have talked about this before. You go back to the, the 1995 season. They, that's not how people think around here anymore. Cowboys win that game on the road, and it is winnable. That is a winnable game. Like, I know Brock Purdy's undefeated, but Brock Purdy still – a seventh-round draft pick who's, I mean, in his second playoff game. I mean, that we can't just coronate him and go like and act like, I mean, is he surrounded by really good coaching and really good players? You bet he is. But the Cowboys have a guy with seven years' experience, 29-year-old, peak of his career, and the yeah. Cowboys have possibly one of the best schematic and one of the best defensive thinkers in the game on that side yeah. of the ball. I mean, if you want somebody to take on a rookie quarterback and disguise things, I mean, all you have to do is look at last night. Tom Brady was just like baffled. I mean, I, I and you know we can blame it on whatever, but you blame it on the offensive line. But something happened to cause him to just that that weird. I mean, think about it. Think of all the people calling that game last night. They were trying to give him an excuse. 
Was he wanting the receiver to come back? Was he trying to throw the ball out of, out of bounds? He threw some kind of crazy ball in the red zone. You know, and so I, I think that's a huge advantage for the Cowboys still. As much as I like Brock Purdy, and by the way, I've watched him a ton because I watch a lot of Big 12 football. So I have a, a, a sort of a body of work to, to – to, but I can't – because I've watched him so much, I can't buy into they're just so good, they're going to kind of carry Brock with them. I think Dan Quinn will have something for him in a big way on Sunday afternoon. The line is surprisingly low, Niners minus three and a half. That tells me Dan Quinn, Brock Purdy, your theory, Vegas sees it, that they think it's going to be lower scoring. So do I. Seattle's a bad defensive team. Dallas has some spectacular players. I still think they need another corner, and that will be at some point exposed against Philadelphia or San Francisco. Um I think I think it has a 27-20 feel to it. What do you what do you think the game looks like? You know, it, with it being three and a half, I would lean toward betting the Cowboys getting those points. Um, I saw it open. I thought about four and a half, and I was really thinking, okay, I would lean that way. I agree. Um, I, I think it's going to be interesting because the Cowboys at times have been susceptible to the run. You know, they, they've struggled with the group. Yes. The, the thing the Cowboys have, it's they've got a versatile group on the line. Two guys that were inactive last night, Bohanna uh, and Neville Gallimore, are big, huge plugger types. Last night, they got Hankins in there. And so that was their big, huge guy. But the rest of the people, they went with all thin, long pass rushers. Cowboys can go either way. And so I think what you'll see them do is really load up um, to stop that run game. I, I think the fascinating thing about this, I think you may be leaning the right way on thinking it's a low-scoring game. I think it's rare that San Francisco finds somebody that will play as physical as they will. I don't normally think we think of the Cowboys like that. I've heard you over the years say finesse, speed, all those kinds of things. The Cowboys team that showed up last night yeah. was incredibly physical. Yes. And the, the safeties were hitting like crazy. Vander Esch was a good addition. He came back yes. from injury. He helps in the run against the run as well. And I like, I mean, that's where Purdy's going to have to watch it because they're going to use Parsons. Quinn loves to do what he did last night. Move him back off the line a little bit. Sometimes get him outside. Line him up maybe in the middle, standing. You never know where he's going to be. And right now, he's the biggest defensive weapon in the NFL. He's just, there's just not, there's not a game wrecker like him. There are people that may have more sacks or may even put up bigger numbers, but there's no one. And they used to have somebody like that in DeMarcus Ware. There's no one there they spend more time worrying about. And that's a great thing when you have somebody like that. And it's great for those other players. Demarcus Lawrence, Dorrance Armstrong. I mean, think about it. we We kind of beat up on the Cowboys for not being able to land Randy Gregory in the offseason. What did Randy Gregory do this year for Denver? Nothing. He was hurt most of the time. And the Cowboys ended up. So your, your point earlier, though, is the right one. It's a little scary at cornerback. Like, it really comes down to, um, you know, whether it be Debo, Ayuk. I mean, they're, they, you know, how deep do they truly go? And your comparison of the receiving units, Cowboys, I will say Gallup, who's not getting much separation, can make plays. So, I mean, I do think, I do think he gives them something. He can beat people down the field. He's a, he's a yeah. straight line runner. I, I feel like CD can get the drops at times. I think he's a, a pretty average one, a stupendous two. I think Schultz is outstanding, and they have a one-two punch. I think their offensive line, and you got to credit McCarthy on this, it is much better post-Thanksgiving. It is a better offensive line. I, that's what it feels like to me. It To you, does it? Yeah, I it's going to be interesting because, you know, they had to make some changes last night. Peters came out of that game and they kicked yep. Power Smith out. 
He's been good out there. They had to put McGovern out there. They had to put McGovern in at guard. Um, I think that'll be fascinating to watch. The other thing I would bring up is, and I said this before yesterday's game, Pollard was going to be a huge key. And it's like you a real bellwether for this team is if he has 75 or more rushing yards, they tend to perform so much better. And and what you have to watch in this game is what what did um, what did Zeke end up per rush in this in this last game? It's like two point one. He's been doing that for several weeks now. Now short yardage, still good. He can still go get you a yard. But when you find yourself after a game and you look at the stats, and Zeke has taken up twelve to fifteen of your carries, you've probably made some mistakes. And I, I think Kellen called a really good game, but. Each time you run Zeke, you're taking about a 25-yard opportunity away from your offense because, yep. again, Zeke does some good things. He brings some really good leadership, but Pollard is your home run hitter. And you heard him talking about it last night, and it's true. And plus, if there's only a small hole, Pollard is a tougher back than he's given credit for. So and he, he's got great balance. I mean, Pollard, I mean, you have to approach this game like this is our bell cow. Yep. And, 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 but they'll treat Zeke like the ceremonial starter. But you better get, you better get Pollard in there early. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff here, Three and Out Podcast, joined by Colin Coward, rocking and rolling. Hopefully everyone's having a good night. Monday Night Football, the divisional round is set. But before we dive in, me and Colin, make sure you subscribe, like the Volumes YouTube page, make sure you subscribe to the uh, 3 and Out podcast. I want to tell you about my friends at GameTime. GameTime is the fastest growing ticket app. And because of GameTime, when you download the app, just go to your app store, type in the promo code JOHN, that's J-O-H-N, get $20 off your first pair of tickets. I'm going to my first NHL game on Thursday night. Never been to a hockey game. But because of them, I'm going to attend. I can't recommend it enough. Hockey, college basketball, the NBA, if you live in one of these NFL cities, concerts, anything that's going on in your surrounding areas, you want to take your son, you want to take your daughter, you want to take your buddy, you want to take your wife, download the Game Time app right now, fastest growing ticket app in America. Type in the promo code John, J-O-H-N, $20 off. Very easy to do. Can't recommend enough. Game time. Do it right now. Okay, Colin, um, we now have, what is it, eight teams set. We have the divisional round set. We had Monday Night Football, uh, two big brands, a lot of pressure on the Cowboys. And you got to give the coaching staff, and they'll start, I guess, with Dak, who was you know, probably played one of his better games of his career. Yeah, I thought that was as good a performance as Dak's ever had. Um, my, my rule has always been a good quarterback has a lousy week. They'll bounce back. Um, these are pro athletes. You don't become a pro. I mean, Dak's never been a pro athlete because he has a beautiful arm, uh, because he's the twitchiest this or the most gifted that. He's a very driven, aspirational guy. He works really, really hard at his craft and doesn't need, you know, a self-motivated guy. And when you play really bad for the Cowboys or any big profile team, you almost always bounce back. So I I like Dallas tonight. I thought Dak would play really well. I thought he had a drive, may have been at the end. I'm I'm looking at my notes here. He had 11 straight completions at one point. Um, I thought he kind of gave his body up a couple of times tonight. Like it felt like, like Dak really understood. Um, it was big. Yeah. Like the opposite of Kirk cousins, who I, I felt even yesterday, you know, underneath throws Dak was running out there, um, throw going head first, jumping in the defenders. It was like Dak really understood what it meant for him, the team, the Cowboys. And I thought he was terrific. I really thought Dak was as good as I've seen him as a pro. Yeah, I think sometimes him and Cousins get lumped in. You know, they're kind of that second-tier guy. Statistics sometimes parallel each other. But when you saw tonight, they get Dak on the move. Cousins doesn't have that in the bag. I mean, one of the reasons Dak 
you know, he wasn't a great passer in college. It was athletic ability. And I think ever since the ankle injury, you get him on the move. I watched tonight thinking, you know, this is that player is a problem for the 49ers. If he's going to play at that level on the move, he's not. Yeah, he's never going to be Peyton Manning and Tom Brady from the pocket. But if you can mix up the play action stuff, obviously the play action touchdown. He has other elements to his game that when you ask him to throw it 40 plus times from the pocket, that's when he gets in trouble. Yeah, I, I think Dallas Dallas is an interesting matchup. They can put pressure on Purdy. The weakness of the Niners tends to be their O-line, especially the center right. So I yeah. think you can move Micah around, Demarcus Lawrence. I think they can create um, a little discomfort for the 49ers. Uh, you know, Dallas, now Dallas tonight played virtually flawless. So let's expect Dallas to not play as well next week. I mean, that's kind of, they're a highly emotional team. Many of their best players, Trayvon Diggs, C.D. Lamb, Micah Parsons, are very young players. They tend to be emotional. So they're a little hot and cold. They'll probably pull back next week. I expect the Niners to win. But I will say this. I I talked about this on my show today. Mike McCarthy took 100% of the PR beating in the divorce with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, three straight years, losing at Lambeau, outplayed by an old Tom, Goff, and Garoppolo in the fourth quarter. Mike McCarthy with a nearly flawless game plan tonight. I'm not saying Mike McCarthy didn't shouldn't shoulder some of the blame with Aaron Rodgers, but Matt LaFleur hasn't solved kind of the fourth quarter Aaron Rodgers, hasn't solved the playoff disappointment Aaron Rodgers. And here's McCarthy, 4-1 and one with Cooper Rush. 65% winner with Dak Prescott. We got to give Mike McCarthy a little respect. Like that was a hell of a performance tonight. Before we dive into a couple other things, obviously Tom, I, I, I've been saying for a while, he's a shell of himself, not from his inability to throw, right? right. Breeze couldn't throw, Ben couldn't throw, Peyton couldn't throw at the end. Tom can still throw. I mean, hell, right until the end of that game, he was. you can see the arm strength. Yes. He wants no part of being hit. I don't blame him. He's 45 years old. I, I bet you go down ski slopes at, you know, yesterday differently than you would have 30 years ago, right? Yeah. You just, there's a risk factor at his age. It makes no sense, but he can't play quarterback at a high level if he's not willing to stay in there because he's never been able to move. And that was always kind of a point of differentiation for him. He would stay in there and throw the dart at the last second. Right. And now he just won't. And, and let's face it, no matter any of the teams that have options, that no team has the mid nineties Cowboys offensive line. So he's gonna get hit. That's part of the sport right now because well offensive lines aren't that great. So I mean what, what's he gonna do? Miami feels like the fit to me because that's a distribution offense with a lot of good weapons. But I was texting a friend tonight and I said, you know, Tom needs to now cherry pick teams without holes offensively. He no longer <laughs> elevates others, right? Yeah. Whereas, like when he went to Tampa, get me Tristan Wirfs, get me Lenny, uh, playoff Lenny, bring Gronk, get me A.B. The reality with Tom, like Brock Purdy, costs nothing for four years. I don't know. He's more, he's in his prime, Tom's not. He's more mobile. He's um, Now he's gaining playoff experience. Like this idea that San Francisco is going to make a move on him. They got Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, and they're not paying either one of them anything. If you want to keep this defense, if you want to keep both those linebackers, if you want to keep all those D linemen, you got to save somewhere. And, you know, I think, I think to your point, Brady now no longer elevates. He needs protection. You can't have a bad right tackle with Tom. You, you can't look at their offense in the last three months. You have to have a run game. The Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Herbert, um, I mean, if you go look at statistically, the Chargers don't do anything well. And they took a 27-0 lead in a playoff game on the road. Like, so I think I think Miami looks like a good fit for Tom in terms of they kind of have offensively, they kind of have all the pieces, a lot of bubble screen guys, one over the top guy, tight end. That one and, and it's the San Francisco system. Yeah. And San Francisco needs a quarterback that's upright and healthy 17, 18 weeks a year. I, I got a quote for you because I know you love the wiring of the quarterbacks. I saw Kittle talk to Peter King and uh, on Purdy, and he said, failure is a big part of learning to play quarterback in this in the NFL. And Brock had success and failure in college. So nothing is really unknown to him since he's got here. 
He understands. And, and you see some of these quarterbacks that get to the NFL and have a lot of success. Patrick Mahomes failed a lot in college. Josh Allen, up and down roller coaster in college. Joe Burrow had to leave a college, right? Th- these guys aren't just going to Alabama or Ohio State and winning it all and just getting the job from the jump, go through ups and downs. Because I, I what, what he's doing, obviously, is unprecedented. But when you really dive in and look, beside his size, all Big 12 guy, first team twice, second teamer his sophomore year, so a lot of success. And it, it didn't all go perfect. Had a great year, and then a senior year, it didn't go as well. So mentally, you watch him talk, you go, God, this guy kind of feels like he talks like a quarterback. Like he's not, it's not too big for him. Well, the thing I really noticed, John, the not two things that jump out, and this is, first of all, tells you how good Kyle Shanahan is. Hiddle, fifth round. Jennings, sixth round. Elijah Mitchell, sixth round. Purdy, seventh round. Name another offense in the league that has this many late round, like highly productive players. Kyle's brilliant. That's first thing. This system can take guys. Now, Kittle would have starred anywhere. I don't think the yeah. other guys would. The second thing is Matt Campbell's a very good football coach at Iowa State. If Harbaugh left, he would be a finalist for Michigan. They were very good with Purdy. He left. They were awful this year. Now, timeout. So they were recruiting on the success with Purdy. The recruiting's gone up. Campbell's a good yeah. coach. The Big 12 was not very good. And Iowa State was awful. Maybe Brock Purdy is Romo or Kurt Warner. He was just um, either underscouted or overlooked. That, like, when I watch him, the one thing that jumps out to me, he is his quick decision making is exceptional. Like he dirted that ball yesterday when the, the play blew up, and he just dirted it. He re, you know, he um. He's very good at like moving out of the pocket and reestablishing his feet and his shoulders. Like he's just mechanically, when I read the scouting on him, and you're a former NFL scout, it was he was sloppy and erratic. I think some of it is Kyle's coach, some of it out of him. Yeah. He looks really, his feet are good, his decision making. He, you know, he straightens himself out. He goes from sideways, quick to the feet. Some of this is Kyle. We got to give Kyle a lot of credit. Yeah, I mean, and I think he has some natural instincts, and he's a much better athlete. You know, his 10-time, the 10-yard split in the 40 is the same as Christian McCaffrey's. And Pete said after the game, he said, you know, I didn't realize he was this mobile. I looked over there. I thought it was Fran Tarkington running around. I mean, they, they couldn't. <laughs> I mean, they, they were chasing him all. Now, the Cowboys, Micah probably does catch him, so he's got to be. But he has a very good understanding of his speed relative to the guy chasing him, and that's something that you can only learn. You know, Trey Lance for an athlete, didn't play very fast. And in fairness to him, how would he? He played one season at a small school. Purdy's used to seeing NFL guys chase him. That's a really good and point. I, I, You know, I'm going to write that down. That's a very good point. I heard the same thing about Trey Lance, that he's a power runner, more cam than Lamar, and that Purdy is a little bit more twitchy than Trey. Yeah. Now, Trey's big, strong power arm. He's actually kind of the opposite of Purdy, where where Brock is accurate, twitchy, um, quick. Trey is a power arm. His football, his football smarts. The, I mean, to have this offense down like he does is insane. Matt Ryan said it took him a year to figure it out. This guy's in his rookie season. It's 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 pretty crazy to watch. Last but not least, the day ball, Daniel Jones. What he's done with this quarterback to me, has a lot of similarities with Jim Harbaugh did in 2011 with Alex Smith. You know, a high pick who's probably not as talented as the elite guys, but clearly has a lot going for him. You know, Duke guy, Utah guy, smart, big, can move. What he's got going on with Daniel Jones, obviously Minnesota's defense sucks, but just throughout this season, it's been, he's worth his weight in gold to the Giants immediately just doing that. I think the Alex Smith comp's really smart. Um I think Daniel Jones has a little bit better arm, well, too. If you watch what they did to him, so over the first, let's say until Thanksgiving, they pulled down the mistakes, they slightly elevated his completion percentage. This is what he did with Josh Allen. They eliminate the mistakes. Uh, they give him some easy layup throws, take some risk out of it with Daniel. Now, Daniel's not Josh Allen athletically. 
But what they did was, I mean, Daniel led the NFL like in quarterback fumbles the first couple of years. He was a mess. No, oh, he, was, he was turning the ball over so nonstop. Reduce yeah. that. And then a little more accurate. And then after Thanksgiving, a few weeks after it, then they kind of let him loose. Okay, we're going to go from 24 to 28 to 30. They let him loose. And they did it against the Vikings, the first game. Obviously, Dayball looks at the film and says, this defense, I can let him loose. And they did it again. So this is what worries me about Daniel. His really his two best games of the year, arguably, were against the Vikings. Uh, he had a good game against the Lions. But Carolina ate him up. Dallas ate him up twice. Philadelphia ate him up once. Destroyed Washington him in one ate game, him up yeah. once. I think Daniel's limited. I think we're going crazy right now. I think what you do, if you're the Giants, um, they got to get a tight end, a receiver, probably a corner. I wouldn't be. I don't think it's crazy. This sounds nuts. Fifth, sixth round, draft another quarterback. Just, I think, or you franchise tag him, John. I, you, that's more. Yeah, and just figure that's it out. More than you want to pay him, but they don't have a ton of huge contracts, right? So Saquon. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, but they don't have a lot of big contracts. They're going to rebuild this offensive line. Uh, uh, both their tackles now, Evan Neal and Thomas, are you know cheap. They're going to they're going to draft receivers and tight ends. So this offense outside of Barkley is not very expensive. And, and he, but he's a free agent, and it's hard. What do you do with running backs? You don't like giving them long term contracts, but damn, he's. Pretty I think good. you have to keep him because of Daniel's limitations. I agree. I think you have to. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Bridgestone Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Bridgestone test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. All right, I had a winning week. I went three and two thanks to the Jags, Ravens, and Cowboys. Chad Millman's CCO Action Network, all odds provided by FanDuel. I said last week I will not be mocked or ridiculed. I loved Dallas. I think sometimes you have to be honest about what a team is. Tampa was 8-9, it's sort of what they are, and it was unveiled. So this week we've got four games. And I feel there's always, whenever you go into these big games, I try to simplify everything. What are these teams at this point, and what are they not? So one of my, I don't like big favorites, you know this, Chad, but Kansas City minus 8.5 is my play. Andy Reid off a bye is the greatest NFL coach ever. They met in the first matchup, and as Greg Cosell pointed out to me, there are some Jacksonville personnel disadvantages on defense here they probably won't be able to overcome. They're still in a rebuild. I argue they're a year ahead of schedule. Jacksonville's off their biggest franchise win in years. This is still a quarterback with less than you know 40 starts. This is a lot to ask for the Jags. I like the Chiefs by 10 or more, sharper square. So it's square, um, but not like egregiously square. 
it's square because there is there is so much data for trends, so much analysis broadly in this situation for number one seeds underperforming against the market and for the Chiefs specifically underperforming against the market when they are really big favorites. So that's why. And what's really interesting, and we're going to get through this with all the games today, there are very specific play the trends sides and play the matchup sides. And so with this one, the wise guys are playing the trends. Agreed. Jacksonville's pass defense is not very good. But the Chiefs are not nearly as explosive as they were with Tyreek Hill. They tend to play ball control when they get a lead. And ball control for the Chiefs doesn't mean they're just running it 50 times. It means shorter passes. It means a little bit more conservative on the play calling, not the sort of sling it like Patrick Mahomes normally does. Um, so I think that you're starting to see the wise guys really like the Jaguars here. A couple other trends that you should think about is that in the past 20 years, number one seeds are 13, 25, and 1 against the spread in this round. And when they're favored by less than 10 points, they're 8, 22, and 1. So that hits the button for two number one seeds this weekend. All right. Hey, listen, Miami kept it close with Buffalo, with Skylar Thompson. So that is, that was a little bit of a, <laughs> last two times Miami played him, I thought Mike McDaniel outcoached McDermott. Get to that in a second. So Giants plus seven and a half at Philly is the side for me. Um, I worry about Jalen Hurts, 100% health. I worry of some of his inactivity. I worry about a team that's become increasingly injured and turnover prone in the last two months of the season. The Giants have a way they have to play. But with Daniel Jones now running the football more, they're a little better third down team. They can play keep away a little better. Now, that said, Minnesota's awful and Daniel Jones' two best games were against the Vikings. So let's slow down. I like Philly to win. But in a division rivalry game, Philadelphia was not playing great at the end of the year. I think the bye does them no favors here. I'm going to take the seven and a half sharper square. Colin, I normally say when I don't have a consensus that, that it is completely split, what I will say this time is that there has been really smart money at big, big wagers on the Eagles and really, really smart money at big, big wagers on the Giants. And this is where covering sports betting gets the most fascinating games like these. We just talked about trends versus matchups. We talked about public. Often we talk about being on the public side, fading the public, against being against the public. Right now, the Giants are a very, very public team. They did exactly what you just said against the Eagles. They had 10 or 11 wins in one score games. They were a covering machine. The public is down on the Eagles right now. They are not even the favorite to win the Super Bowl from the NFC. That is the Brock Purdy-led Niners. So what you're doing, if you like the Eagles, you're actually fading the public right now because the Giants are a public Dog, and where this gets really, really interesting, really interesting, you are seeing massive amounts of money and massive amounts of tickets coming in on the Giants. And this line has been sitting at seven and a half since Monday. So we're now at Thursday. You get a massive amount of money on one side, and bookmakers usually move the line. They haven't moved the line because they're also getting significant wise guy play on the Eagles. I will tell you, as we often talk about, the wise guy calls that we get for the favorites podcast, call it sharp calls, completely split on this, but we do go ahead and decide to make taking the Eagles at seven and a half our big balls bet of the week because we like the matchup for the Eagles on the field better. We think they're a better team. 
Jalen Hurts, Jordan Davis on the field at the same time have not lost once this year. If we did not have the public situation, if the Eagles hadn't been fading at the end of the year when Jalen Hurts was hurt, they'd probably be 10-point favorites. It's a tough one though, Colin. World is divided. This is splitting the world. This and the debt ceiling are splitting the world in two. Okay. Um, this one, I have no idea. I'm going to take the Bengals up to five and a half FanDuel odds. If they, I said this today on the show, and I'll get pushback, I'm sure on, sure, on social media. If the O-line was healthy for Cincinnati, I think they'd blow out Buffalo. I think they're a significantly um, better situational team. I think they're more balanced offensively. They're not actually as beholden to Joe Burrow as the Bills offense is now to Josh Allen. Um, Greg Cosell said it today. Take out Allen and Stephon Diggs. Buffalo's offense personnel is just not that talented. And you see it on film. Um, Buffalo is mistake prone, but they played very poorly against Miami. Uh, Sean Payton told me the best weeks to be a coach when you win and play like shit. Because you can ride those players all week. I think Buffalo's going to play a lot better. Bengals are missing three offensive linemen. The five and a half is a lot to give Burrow, who's an excellent road quarterback. So I probably play Cincinnati with no conviction at all. I think Buffalo rebounds and plays well. I'll take the Bengals in the point sharper square. So flip around everything you just said and don't be a square and take the Bills. Because if to say that if the Bengals were not missing three offensive linemen would be like saying, if I had scored 100 points in a game in Hershey, Pennsylvania, I'd be an NBA legend. That's how sort of fantastical <laughs> that kind right. of if-then statement is, okay? They don't have the three linemen, and we saw what happened to the Bengals when they were missing they them against the Ravens team that they, not even downfield. Joe Burrow can't even drop back. Like the second he drops back, someone is in his lap. And the Ravens were doing that with a lot of heavy, heavy blitzing and pass rushing. The Bills have a very deep defensive line. They're a top 10 pressure rate defensive line without blitzing. And you make the points about playing badly, right? So let's look at two teams that did not play well in the opening round of the playoffs that were playing against backup quarterbacks. Buffalo Bills played Skylar Thompson. They played terrible. They had bad, really bad breaks. They still kind of won that game handily, right? The score was closer than it appeared in the fourth quarter. The Bengals played a backup quarterback. They gained 234 yards on offense, and they won the game on a lucky 98-yard fumble recovery by a defensive lineman, not because their offense did anything special and Joe Burrow did anything special. So uh, this game opened at six and a half. It got bet down to three and a half. It hit three and a half and the wise guy started pummeling it. Three and a half, four, four and a half, five, five and a half. I would tell anybody, bet the bills at five and a half. If it gets to six, you walk away, maybe you take a piece of the bangles. But when you get from say four and a half to five and a half, you're kind of in these dead numbers, right? The games really don't land. It's either going to land on six or it might land on four. So uh, I say you take the uh, you take the five and a half with the Bills. I hate all my picks. I hope I convinced you of that. No, I really do. You're, you're not on the fence on this one. So you can't the 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 offensive line thing. You cannot you cannot discount that. It's massive. Well, and also a huge component of Burrow's greatness is the sneaky deep ball. He's deadly accurate 15 yards in, yet he's got a Tony Romo. He loves to let it rip, sometimes in a double coverage, and he's really successful. You just took that out. They become much easier to defend. Yeah. They're a nibble team. They, they Because when you're missing three offensive linemen, the deep the vertical passes out. So they become a very safe offense. I don't think you can go to Buffalo. Okay. Yeah. So – from time to time, I admit this. I actually admit it a lot. Is that my wife's an artist. And so she sees things I don't. And sometimes I'll see a number and go, huh. well, somebody knows something I don't. I guess the numbers before they come out. And if there's a big variance, and it's about once a week or once every other week, I'm like, wow, that's a big variance. Vegas knows something I don't know. 
So the Cowboys have a 48-hour minimum preparation deficit. They didn't get home until 2, 3 in the morning on Tuesday. The Niners game was over Saturday afternoon. Also, short week facing now the most physical team in the league. It's not like it's a finesse team. Like, I talked to Gerald McCoy about this, and he said, forget the prep time. Is that body going to be ready for for San Francisco for three hours? They are just, it is sumo wrestling. It is just contact and bounding. And my guess on the number was five and a half, and it came in at three and a half. I thought, I thought at five and a half, it was safe. At home, two-day prep advantage, smartest offensive coach in a game in which Seattle's not physical. They tossed him around. So it tells me the game's going to be closer. Vegas is smarter than I am. So I take the Cowboys and the points, and I hate it. Sharper square. You are – this is the sharpest thing you've ever said. No, uh, as, a, as a sports analyst talking about betting, you've said many, many other sharp things in the context of your life. But in this particular context, this is the sharpest thing you've ever said. It's, it's fishy, man. The game actually opened at four and a half, uh, got bet down to four, got bet down to three and a half. Somebody took a little bit of money on the Niners at three and a half. Um, but this is a pros Joe's game. Like majority of the tickets on the Niners, majority on the money on the Cowboys right now. And there's a really interesting narrative taking place in the betting world. And this is why I love covering the betting world because, and why I always have, there is a conversation, a shadow conversation happening amongst millions and millions of bettors that influences billions of dollars in markets, right? But it's an entirely different narrative than what is happening in sort of the general sports debate space when people are analyzing these games. The narrative right now is that if you look back, who have the Niners played? And when they have played those teams, has their defense been not as good as we thought? And so Brock Purdy's been winning all of these games against quarterbacks who a lot of quarterbacks might be able to beat if they have Kyle Shanahan as their play caller and their scheme designer. And meanwhile, the defense, terrible first half against Geno Smith, terrible second half against the Raiders. You're starting to see a lot of cracks. That is a narrative that is taking place in the betting community right now um, uh, with the Niners defense. And so I have been shocked to hear about the Cowboy love this week because, I mean, especially me, I was so anti-Cowboys last week, uh, sadly. Um, But this week, the wise guys are on the Cowboys. It was a stunner for me. I hate all my picks. I've never said that. I hate everything every week. At this time of year, Colin, there's nothing to love. You're grinding it out. You're hanging on by your fingernails. <laughs> Just hoping, dear God, can we get to the Super Bowl? I mean, I thought the Chiefs. I this thought be the Chiefs was so sharp. I was going to call my pick Cheddar. It was so good, and now I've I wouldn't <laughs> bet a nickel on that thing. So what's interesting about that is I would say. Of the of the sharp plays, that's the one that I think people are most skeptical about. What is starting to get some play is the under in that game. Andy Reid at Arrowhead in his career, the unders are about 58%. When he is a seven-point favorite or more, that climbs to 70%. So the unders at 53 could go down to 52 and a half. Um, so there's a lot of conversation about that, but that kind of game script, if it's an under plays to the strength of Jacksonville, that's right. Keeping it close. I mean, it's hard to give up eight and a half yep. at the score. If, if, it, if they total up at 52, that's a lot of points. Yeah. It's a lot of points. It's a lot of points. Betting is hard. Colin. No, I hit, uh, not everybody can do it. Uh, listen to this Melman. 55% in the year. So I, my blazing five is done. So now I only have four games. So, yep. So 55% on the year, 55.5%. Uh, I always, I have always said 56 is my goal, 56, 56 and a half, because you could be a pro better at 56. I am not, but 
but I feel good. Last year was my worst year. It was the COVID year. I couldn't figure I had no rhythm all year. So I ended up uh, last two weeks, three and two, 55 and a half. I like that. Like it. If you could grind out three and two every single week. Yeah. You're a professional better. That's that's the goal, right? When we did the, uh, you know, Colin, when Simon Hunter and I would go through our five best picks every week on the Favorites podcast, our goal every week, three and two, three and two, three and two, three and two. Because look at that. You go three and two over 18 weeks, you end the year nearly 20 games over 500. If you're like, who's going to walk away saying, I just went 20 games over 500 betting NFL. And if you're betting the same number of dollars and dollars equates to units, whatever unit size for you, a unit size might be a million dollars a game. For me, it's like, you know, maybe 10 bucks a game, but a unit size, I'm up 20 units at the end of the year. That's fantastic. So, yeah. I always look at a hundred bucks a game because if I win it, I take, I take the little girl out for a snappy tequila shot or two yeah. and some Mexican food, Yeah, leave a tip. That's how I look at it. Free dinner with my beautiful redhead, my smart, beautiful, talented redheaded wife. That's the way to go. That's totally the way to go. I, um, I want to talk about the Ravens for one second because you were on them. I was on them. That was a crazy game last week because it was six and a half, Shoot. then seven, seven and a half, eight and a half. Uh, it was a sweat, man. They should have won that game. Oh, it's probably, I think fans sometimes understand this, but there are, there was a 14 point play yeah. in that game. Now think about that. One play, 14 point swing on the sneak. And so when I, I we want, now usually guys complain about that when they lose. So I won that bet and lost a 14 point swing. Yeah. So you know it's the right side. When you lose the two touchdown swing, and, and I felt to the very end, I'm like, I knew I was on the right side. Yes. I, it was funny. When the Chargers led big at half, my takeaway was, this is the Chargers. They're going to get with a defensive coach squirrely in the second half. And I, I was sitting with a buddy and I said, I don't know who's going to win. I think the Chargers will. I said, you watch this thing with three minutes to go. He was a Charger fan. I said, you better watch this. I said, this thing's going to get, because you know, they want to get on that flight and go home. You do not want to be in a losing flight. They're going to take no big chances. And by the way, Jacksonville is pretty good coming from behind. They really are. If they throw nine straight times with Trevor and Doug Peterson, they're not bad at that. That's kind of a comfort level to them. Look, we talked about this in the podcast. We liked the Jags and we liked the Jags because of the coaching mismatch. And that's what it came down to. We said specifically, I will not bet on Brandon Staley as a favorite on the road against Doug Peterson. People will try to categorize them because they both are risk-taking coaches. Doug Peterson is risk-taking in a very strategic way. Brandon Staley is okay with his offensive coordinator throwing the ball up 27-0 in the second half. That's not risk-taking. That's just bad decision-making. Completely. And I will say one more thing. One more thing to back up the Cincinnati play. You know, we will do these luck rankings every week, right? Where we're aggregating all this different data and it basically says, this is what should have happened in the game. And it predicts regression the following week. It tells you who's overvalued, who's undervalued in a game. Last week, the luckiest team in the league, Cincinnati Bengals. If you played that game with the plays that and they happened as they were expected to happen, meaning there's not a fumble recovery for 98 yards. Baltimore's expected to win that game 22-14. I don't tell you. We're on the bills. It's the last word. Uh, I think, yeah, I, I think bills and cowboys I can live with. Giants, I feel like crap. Chiefs is ridiculous now. I hate, I, I, like, I'm going to bet the Eagles, and it makes me sick to my stomach. I've bet the Cowboys, I'm sick to my stomach. I bet the Jaguars, I'm sick to my stomach. The only one I feel good about is the Bills. So you know what that means? Bills are the only ones going to lose. The Volume.
Make sure to check out the Draymond Green Show. I brought Draymond Green into the volume because one of the more entertaining voices in sports, unique perspective, understands behind the rope, also chops up with guests like Gary Payton, Zach Levine, Tracy McGrady. Make sure download the Draymond Green Show wherever you get your podcasts, only on the Volume Podcast Network. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com.